Hey, listen. I don't know if you heard. Maybe you've been away a little while, but recently there was a group cruise. An always be booked group cruise. And uh, some people, not everybody, but some people have been waiting for this episode so we can kind of go through the ups and downs, the ins and the outs, the good, the bad, the drunk of what was the first ever Pirates and Pier Runners Always Be Booked Group Cruise. How did it go? Stick around. We're about to talk about it. Hey, yo, all aboard and welcome. It's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones because we about to be gone to the Caribbean. Seven days and eight nights. Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light. Yeah, we always be booked. We got our drinks in the sky. From New York City to the USBI. Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up. Because we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump. Finding pockets on the Lido. She ain't got to be a tent because we did the things and we'll do them again. Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out because we got the drink pack. And we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show, coming to you not quite live from the K-Compound down in Boca Raton, Florida. I'm your host, Tommy Casabona, and uh, this is the show that, well, I won't say all of you, but some of you have been waiting for. The, I guess, the recap of the group cruise. What do I mean by group cruise? The first ever Always Be Booked Pirates and Pier Runners group cruise like i said this was the first ever one and there will be more we're gonna do more and i really can't stress enough how important it how important the people that came on this cruise were now again there's gonna be more and they're gonna be special in their own way but you have to admit the first time you do anything the the beginning of something the start of something if these ends up end up being partial charters where we have over 100 people on them you know what that would be phenomenal one day but i will always look back on this first one and realize those people that kind of came on board and you know took the plunge and joined the first ever pirates and pier runners cruise i really do hope we're all looking at the second one that's about to happen. Well, not about to happen in a couple of months, but for that's for later. For now, I want to kind of recap what we did on this cruise. The good, the bad, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, uh, all of that stuff. So let's do it. Uh, first, I want to thank you guys so much for joining. I, I don't really say it enough how much I appreciate all you listeners. I know we do have some new listeners, and I appreciate you guys so much. Welcome. Welcome to the family. You guys are cones. I get a lot of questions about what a cone is. A cone is, and this, sorry, just veterans, sit tight for a second. Uh, it was explained to me in several outlets that, you know, in some ships, not all, the um, crew look at us as though we're traffic cones. I don't take offense to it. I understand being in the, uh, you know, do, doing a job where you work with the public and it's a service professional type of industry where you have to kind of really just deal with all sorts of questions, problems, concerns, issues. You know, after a while, like any job, you start to look at those people as just obstacles. 
It's almost like a street cone. Like there's a cone in your way that's detouring you. And and you have a direction you want to go in. But there's a cone that sits there and it gets in your way uh, and causes you to have to delay getting where you're going. And I know some cruise ships call us cones because we're like traffic cones. I actually find it pretty funny. You know what? As long as they're still smiling and giving good service, I don't bother or mind how they choose to let off steam and keep a cool, uh, let's just call it a, a mentally healthy environment for when they come back out. I get it. You know what I'm saying? You vent sometimes at work. You bitch about a lot of things. There's inside jokes. There's websites, memes, all sorts of stuff for it. And that's what they do. They call us cones. So we here at Always Be Booked, we embrace the term cones. Also, if you are a new listener, uh, I have been described as an acquired taste, a little bit of a loud mouth, a little bit of, uh, you know, I kind of pride myself in telling it like it is, or at least how I feel, or at least how I see it. So we're going to continue to do that. You may not agree with everything I do or say, but you know what? A lot of people find it entertaining. If you are one of them, welcome. But I would ask, if you don't like it at first... Give it a try because I do hear you have to listen to two or three shows to kind of understand and take value in what we do here. So please give us that. Uh, give give us give us a shot. Give us give us the old college try for a couple of episodes. I will uh, invite all of you to join the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. It is a group. It's where we do most of our interacting. Uh, if there is a sense of community that is developed with this group, with this whole crew, this whole endeavor, it's most evident in the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. We break each other's chops. We um, give each other advice. We ask questions. We uh, just help each other. It's just a community. A lot of people have gotten to know each other. A lot of people have met, you know, often when they find themselves in the same city as a result of this group. So welcome to that. The Instagram, always be booked. Shocker, right? Also, we have a Patreon. If you do enjoy what you hear, Check out patreon.com slash alwaysbebooked. And for $5 a month, you can get a show pretty much every day. Yes, there's a couple of times where we skip here and there, but I do my best to put out at least a 20 to 40-minute show every single day. A lot of times that's about cruising. A lot of times we also go off the beaten path and talk about, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever is going on, pop culture, uh, issues that I'm having, personal stuff. I open up a little bit more in that regard. So if you're so inclined to hear more of that, that is where you can do that. $5 a month for a show every single day. Great way to support the show. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. Let's get into it, guys. All right, here we go. So day one, where do we start with this whole thing? Uh, You know, I was excited when we had 10 people. If we had 10 people on this cruise all day, I feel like that's a nice little group. We ended up with what was it like? You, you can you, it's gray because you could say maybe there was twenty of us, but then we adopted a couple of people from some other groups, so maybe there was twenty three to twenty four of us. And uh, the number I still don't even know what the hell the number is. I I I, I can't even I couldn't even count uh, how many drinks I had. So how am I going to know how many people we had in this group? But these people seem to come and go. The thing about the group cruise, you're always nervous about it because you wonder first of all, first and foremost, what. You know, from my standpoint, I was like, what is this going to be like for me? And that started with the day of the dinner. You know what I mean? I'm wondering how much 
of the heavy lifting am I going to have to do to make sure that I make sure all these people have a good time? Turns out, didn't have to do much. Obviously, it's a fun group. Obviously, it's a fun cruise. So while I was there to organize things and put things together when necessary or you know certain just certain instances other people everybody else in the group had the option clearly obviously to just i guess engage when they wanted to and i feel like it was a good distribution of engagement nobody did everything but most people did a good amount so it started with the dinner you know there was a i would say a good 70% of the crew was there for dinner. And I want to give a big thank you and a big shout out to Kay, the lovely Miss Kay, and Beatrix as well, because they helped host. You guys know who they are from past shows. We do the show from the Kay compound. Beatrix has been on the show uh, semi-regularly. And uh, they came to the first pre-cruise meet and greet dinner. And uh, we had a great time. And I think everybody really got along. I really breathed a sigh of relief. I want to give a shout out to Debbie Parker, the party starter, uh, a.k.a. the Notorious DEB. She said that I looked a little nervous or overwhelmed at the dinner, which is weird because I didn't feel that way. Now, I thought I was going to feel that way, but I didn't. I kind of just like got out of the car, walked in, took it on the chin, and just started talking to people. But yeah, uh, I guess maybe, you know... Debbie was expecting some some level of maybe me being a master of ceremonies. You guys will know now that you've cruised with me a little bit. You guys know that I do do that to certain to a certain extent, but it doesn't always come natural to me. Sometimes I like to just fit in and go with the flow, and you know, sometimes I like to be off by myself. You know what I mean? So all that stuff comes into play, and everybody cruises differently. And this is listen, man. I don't have any experience on how to run and chaperone and MC a group cruise. But I did the best I can, and I think it started with that dinner, and I think everybody enjoyed it. It was a nice little environment. We were outside. It did get a little chilly, but it was on the water. It was one of my favorite seafood places to eat in Florida. Very casual. You know what I mean? Almost like a dive seafood bar kind of thing with some live music, but they are known to have good fresh food. So that's what we did. We enjoyed it. Then I got out of there, and I had to accept Nicole Chris and Jonathan, uh, my buddies from New York who came in and were staying with me. And, you know, that was my, I guess, uh, crew crew that went on. The, 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 the people that I know away from always be booked. So they came over and they stayed with me uh, the night before we left. And then we woke up and that was the thing. So the next day was a little tricky because I had to go to work for a couple of hours. That's right. You heard right. I had to go to work on cruise day. Yeah, of course. That's... Uh, sacrilegious but i had to do what i had to do so i did that for a little while came back they and, and you got to give another shout out to Kay because we loaded up my truck with our luggage and we're getting ready to go on this cruise and we're so excited about this cruise and um she was just as excited she's like interviewing us like what are you excited for what can't what, what are you gonna do first and then we're we're putting luggage we said goodbye to her Gave her a hug, left, went into the freaking truck and started loading up the truck. And Kay comes back outside and she starts, she hops right into the bed of the truck and starts organizing the luggage like a freaking, like a, like a luggage porter. 
she was just so amped up and nicole and chris and jonathan were all like damn like she's she's just as excited as us that to go wanted katie to come on the cruise but she couldn't get off of work i think maybe the next time she definitely will make it and i think beatrix might too we're gonna have to nudge beatrix a little bit because i think she's worried about you know having to and and you guys will tell debbie will tell you some of you guys will know that we don't we don't have to drink you know what I mean? I like to enjoy some beverages when I'm on a cruise. But if you don't, it's fine to go that route as well. I'm a professional. I don't have to act like an idiot the entire time. I can I can have a couple of social beverages, 3, 4, 10, 12, 16, and still be able to hang out with sober people. I mean, I guess that's up for debate, but I'll get some feedback on that. So, that, so, so that's what it is. So let me just talk about the cruise in general, all right? You know... You have these things, you put them together, and you have a certain expectation. And then you start realizing other things that come into play, whether it's the Elvis angle. You know, you have the St. Thomas angle. You have the other group, shout out to Anne and um, Cassie, that we already started vibing with before we even left. And you're thinking, all right, this is set up to be a freaking phenomenal cruise. You had playoff football on the ship. Uh, San Juan, we were going to meet Jonathan's family. Uh, all that stuff. And it sets yourself up for the possibility of a letdown. And I have to say, I said this on the Patreon already. Patreons, please give me, give, cut me some slack. I got to give this to the people too. Uh not only was it not a letdown, it blew away everything I could have even imagined that it was, especially the first few days. Like, I, I had a great embarkation day. I had a great 2C days. But it was literally like embarkation day. It started on a high. It was freaking amazing. And it only got better from there. Every single day got better and better and better from there. And I'll have to just say, like, starting in St. Martin is, I guess, when it started to tail off a little bit because of the fact that there was bad weather. So we had a nice little hit of bad weather. I'll say this, too. I don't have any clue about how I was able to drink at the level I was able to drink at for this cruise. Even, you know, starting on day one and two, like, like it was just, just smashing drinks, shots, uh, beer, uh, liquor. What? I'm not encouraging that. I'm not saying you got to go run out and I'm not saying that's the way to be. And I get, I, I've said it before. I'm a social drinker. Like I don't, I'm not good. I haven't drank since the cruise. I probably won't drink for another week after the cruise or whatever. I've drink maybe once every two, three weeks while I'm on land. But for some reason, we're out there. We're at sea. We're with friends. There's music. There's sun. There's bands there's djs there's guitar players so you know what there's gambling i'm drinking okay and i did say even to nicole before we went on the cruise i was like you know what there's going to be a couple of days where i just sit out and that was the plan i'm sorry man it just didn't happen there was one night you know we were doing basically two a days starting during the day and then you know going deep into the night one day i crashed all right. One day I crashed, understandably. And then that was it for that. So let's uh so we get on the ship. Uh, we had already met before, most of us had already met before at the dinner, but then we did a pre-cruise or onboard meet and greet. This was the first onboard meet and greet we did at the schooner bar. 
and it was cool. You know, we got to know everybody. This is where everybody was together. Everybody gave each other a hug and a pound, and you saw who was vibing with who, and everybody was having conversations, little side conversations, and then obviously after that, it's time for the mustard drill. Now, interestingly enough, I don't, you know, and we talk about this a lot, especially to the new listeners, understand. I don't say, I don't, I don't claim to be the person you should emulate when you cruise. We cruise in a different way. We get after it. We party. We take chances. Some people might consider us, I don't know. So in some ways, you people think, all right, well, you're being inconsiderate. You know what? I mean, we do a, 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 a you know, a saying that we have is we do the things. You know what I mean? We just do the things. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes you get in trouble. Sometimes you don't. But we take chances and we do the things when we're on cruise ships. You know what I'm saying? Some people resent it. I think personally, you know what? Maybe you're right to resent it. My personal real opinion is that maybe you should just like, if you don't like to do that, you know, suck it up and just don't do it like that. You know, it's like the peer running thing. People don't love that, but I don't see necessarily how it really hurts you. People just like to be mad at certain people for certain reasons, maybe because they just don't want to do it or maybe it's not their style or maybe they wish they were doing it. There's a bunch of reasons why. But yeah, people sometimes get irritated by the way we cruise. For example, we sat down in the schooner bar and we were just chilling. We were felt comfortable. We're on a ship. We're not moving anywhere. And uh, I am never in a rush to get to the mustard drill. You know what I'm saying? If you're there early, what happens is is that you end up having to stand there forever. Also, you end up probably towards the back to where you're claustrophobic, you're outside, you're hot, you're surrounded by people, and not everybody's going to show up on time, so you're going to have to end up waiting twice the amount of time. So what I normally do is wait it out, wait it out for as long as possible so that you're standing there for the least amount of time as possible. Very often that becomes a law of diminishing returns because of the fact that you know what, you spend just as much energy running from the friggin' so-called cruise police to go to your most station as you do just standing there. In this case, however, we did not. We sat our asses in the schooner bar. At one point, a gentleman rolled through very aggressively and said, it's time to go to your muster station. Get up, everybody. Let's go. Got to get to your drill. Got to get to your drill. Where are you at? Where are you at? You know, you can't be safe. We stayed. We stayed and we sat there. We said okay to him. We were respectful. And if he said it again, we would have gotten up and gone to our muster drill. But we didn't. We stayed where we were. And nobody came back. Nobody gave us any hard time about it. So we didn't go to the muster drill. All right. So I could already hear some of the new people already listening. Wow. How inconsiderate is that? If there's an emergency, I've been on almost 30 cruises. Okay. Uh, I knew where my muster station was. I knew I'd have to go in the event that for the first time in 100 years, we'd have to use the muster stations. I, I was ready. But yeah, I didn't go to the muster station. Kill me. And, uh, you know, there was no there was no follow up. There was no, you know, the whole rumor. They say, well, if you don't do it today, you get called to the office tomorrow. You have to do it tomorrow. So you might as well get a no, no, no and no, nothing. No issues whatsoever. But I will say this. So we did mention that there was an Elvis group cruise, like almost like a partial charter. There was about 500 people on this ship that were fans of Elvis tribute artists. And there were about six or seven Elvis tribute artists on board too. And these people were very, very enthusiastic. And while we were sitting there, 
supposed to having been going to the mustard drill, I got a chance to speak to one of the Elvis enthusiasts, and I will play that interview for you right now. Uh, All right, so we're here with Alan. We're in the schooner bar on the uh, Adventure of the Seas. And as we mentioned before, you've heard leading up that this is an Elvis cruise. There's a group here with Elvises. And uh, Alan, how many uh, Elvis cruises have you done? Uh, I'd say four or five. Can you give us a little bit about the whole experience? So, is it just the performances, or is it a whole thing? Like, what do, can well, you give us? Uh, you know, we're, we're, we all uh, know each other pretty yeah. much. There's, right right? there's 500, 500 of us, and if we don't know each other, we get to know each other in the course of the cruise. Uh, there's performances almost every night, I think, uh, maybe even every night, and um, we just we love Elvis music. We we love the the guys that do Elvis music. And uh, it's a great time. We we had a, a going away party last night with uh, one of our one of our ETAs, Elvis tribute artists. His name is Dwight Eisenhower. Dwight Eisenhower. What? Yeah, yeah. That yeah his, parent, his parents had a sense of humor. It's uh, but the last name is spelled I C E N H O W E R. But he lives here in Florida, and uh, he's he's a, he's a champion of the Elvis tribute. Ultimate Elvis uh, tribute contest, and uh, he's a, and a great guy, and and we love him. And we went to his uh, show last night, his sailing, you know, pre-sale show. Let me ask you this: So I know that as you said you mentioned it was about a hundred. I'm, I'm sorry, five hundred, six hundred Elvis supporters. How many actual performers are on? Um, I didn't count them. I think there's six or seven, probably. We oh, got, so six or seven. Yeah, okay. we got Dwight. We've got uh, Dean Z, who's all. I mean, most of them are former champions. We've got uh, a guy named Cody Danath. We've got so somebody whose name I can never remember. <laughs> No, we were actually riding with one of them, or maybe a super fan. I think he would ride with one of them. He has um, the girlfriend who has trouble speaking. Um, very nice guy. Mm-hmm. And no, I, he, don't, I don't know anybody like that, but it you know, could be. Okay. Could yeah, be he was definitely dressed in the part, so maybe he's just a super fan, or maybe he is one of the performers. But yeah. I heard, and correct this rumor if it's true or not, that there is going to be a public performance, though. There is going to be a public performance. I, I think it might be on Friday. Um, But I'm sure it'll be uh, publicized. Yeah, I hope so. Now, do these guys run around maybe, like when they're off duty, will we find them in the karaoke bar or anywhere around the ship? Oh, you know, they're, they're, they're just like anybody else. They have their own preferences. Some of them will be probably not out socializing that much but most of them will and uh, yeah last we were on the same cruise last year okay and uh, we found uh, we found him partying here in the schooner bar uh, and uh, after the schooner bar we went upstairs to the 14th deck 14 and partied up there so Blue Moon, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, that's the uh, pseudo nightclub or the nightclub area oh, on the ship. Pseudo nightclub, yeah. yeah that's well, we're looking forward to a good cruise. This is day one. So, Alan, I want to thank you for joining us on the Always Be Built Cruise podcast. Well, thank you very much. All right, so that was Alan, and it was a great, it was a great little kind of few minutes catching up. Totally impromptu. We were just sitting there, started talking, and I, I didn't I actually didn't even ask. I just turned on the microphone. the bu- The buzz was already happening. I got on the board. I got on board and started. We started having some pre cruise drinks, and uh, yeah, I just opened up the uh, 
opened up the microphone and he just went. So he, I think he did a great interview. I think that was cool. But yeah, everything he said was accurate. The shows were incredible. Uh, we didn't get to see all of them, but they did open up a couple of them to the public. So having said that, what we did uh, after that was I went in and I, you know me, regular listeners that I am determined to get the packing out of the way. I feel like the mustard drill and the packing have to happen in order for your vacation to start. Now I did tell everybody, okay, meet at the sail away party at 4.30. We'll all meet up at 4.30 as we are sailing away and that'll be fine. Me and Nicole went to the room. I started unpacking. I mean, fast, real fast. And the weird thing was, is that I, it did take me 10 minutes longer than I had hoped. Uh, so I didn't get up. I called the meeting at well, the, the group sail away party at 4.30. And I got up there at 4.40. The weird part, and this is, again, a little bit of, um, I guess I'll say not a feather in Royal Caribbean's cap, a little bit of a strike against them in that the sail away party was over. Like by the time we even cleared the beach at Fort Lauderdale, the music had stopped and there wasn't even any live music it was it was like a dj you know and i'll say that and I, and, I, and you know we mix in some criticisms and we try to keep it real i love royal caribbean i love it as a cruise line but i absolutely am looking to get away from them for a little while because other sailings lately and this sailing they don't really i mean they, they just don't seem to put a lot of the money into the entertainment outside. You know what I mean? I want a nice little band on the on the pool deck while we're hanging out, while we're sailing away. And we did, like I said, all reason to be out there from a standpoint of whether it's uh, the, the crew staff on the microphone. Now, I did hear this going in. I did hear that, um, that what's his name? Do, uh, Drew, Drew Devine. I heard many many stories that he was a little bit to be desired from an energy or a presence standpoint i heard that he wasn't necessarily you know he kind of was has been mailing it in lately not a great cruise director uh the entertainment staff i heard was also sort of on the over it side and i will say that 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 was confirmed on this cruise so again the cruise was phenomenal the cruise was unmistakably pure bliss the entire time but if we're going to give i guess a little uh if we're going to put our yelp hat on a little bit and we're going to talk to the people who may eventually find themselves on adventure of the seas on this particular sailing we're going to be true and the truth is is that it was you know that there wasn't much presence out of drew now i will tell you he shined twice on this cruise as far as i'm concerned he did shine twice but i and i'll explain those areas where he did shine but it certainly wasn't at sail away nor was the entertainment i mean we're not even past the beach yet and everything was shut down there was nobody on the microphone there was just basically the house music that was piped in whatever even if there was a dj or a band it was long gone and the always be booked crew the crew our group was pretty much I guess, des- uh, you know, dispersed by then. They were all kind of doing their own thing, even by the time that I got up there. So we had a fun night. We had a good dinner. We went to the English pub. We all caught up, caught up and rallied together, and we had a great time. So that was fun. The sea day was an absolute blast. We had a, we have a balcony stateroom. The balcony stateroom was incredible. It was on the sixth floor, 
which is really, really cool. Um, you know, it's a lot like, you know, Carnival has what they call these cove balconies. That's what I kind of likened to, likened it to mostly because it was very, very close to the water. And I thought that was cool. Um, so a couple of sea days and the sea days that you guys know what to expect on sea days. You just come and go, you do this, you do that. Sometimes there's some activities. We did have a game of charades with a lot of members of the group. Uh, it was very enjoyable. I think we did a good, now I didn't do any specialty dining. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why I kind of felt like I should, or I kind of wanted to here and there, but ultimately none, none of it, ex- it excited me. It was the only specialty options were chops uh, Izumi and Giovanni's. And I felt strongly that Chops, I think, is an okay steak at sea, but it's not something that I'm going to pay 50, 60 bucks for. Giovanni's, I mean, let's be honest. And, if, and I don't knock Giovanni's for this, but really, all the Italians, uh, Cucina del Capitan and Carnival, they're all kind of a little bit maybe better than Olive Garden. So, I didn't see any reason to really, and I was hoping, you know, I would make the main dining room most nights so that if some some of the crew wanted to rally for dinner, and we did very often, very often people did their own thing. A lot of people did buy the dining package and a lot of people enjoyed it. So I'm not here to knock the specialty restaurants on Royal Caribbean, but uh, because so many people on, on our cruise did do them and enjoy them. But I just wasn't going to do that. I was going to spend as much time in the main dining room as possible with a couple of exceptions ending up in the wind jammer. But basically, our routine on sea days was get to the pool deck, maybe do some activities before dinner or whatever's on the cruise compass, maybe relax for a minute, then go to dinner, and then hit up the Irish pub, I'm sorry, the English pub, then the nightclub, than the casino and that was you know that always varied it didn't always happen in that order it didn't always happen exactly like that but if there was a rhythm and a routine that was going to be the rhythm of the routine and that was kind of predictable we we did understand that that was the way it's going to be so the first port we hit up was labadee haiti and that got off to a very very interesting start at about six or seven a.m we were in bed and we heard what sounded like a Civil War cannon going off. Now, I I wasn't in the Civil War. I'll give you that. You're right. Okay? Let me calm down. But it sounded like a freaking, like a like something went off and it had a very, very uh, deep echo to it as well. It sounded like something got shot. I had no idea what it was. I'm like, who knows? Cruise things, cruise ship problems, issues, whatever. I don't know. Um so it was strange. It was just strange. I did open up the balcony. I felt a tremendous amount of wind. Later, I would find out that the mooring rope had snapped. So I guess when you start tying up the ship, uh, you know, if you can have it all tied up at once, you're good. But until it's all tied up, there's a little bit of vulnerability to it when it comes to wind. And as you know from listening to Doug Parker on Cruise Radio talking to Stuart Sheeran, it just kind of stuck out to me as he, he described the, I guess, the facade of the ship. It's so big that when the wind gets hold of it, it almost acts like a sail. So the wind was so strong along with the current that during that small period of time when only one mooring was roped up, it snapped. The rope freaking broke. Have you seen those ropes? You can't fit your whole hand around them. 
but it snapped and that's pretty that was pretty interesting to me i didn't find that out till much later but i went to the gym you know we had a late night i mean this is the thing i felt like i was freaking bionic i couldn't understand why i was able to drink so much but and i was also going to the gym the first three or four days so like they woke up. Nicole went to breakfast. We hadn't met up with Jonathan and Chris yet. I was just in no rush. It's Labadee, Haiti. I'm not going to sit around on the beach. I didn't think I was going to do the zip line. My goals for Labadee was just to make sure I got some of that good barbecue from the grill and to make sure that I spent a few time. I put in some hours on the barge doing a little drinking, if you know what I mean. So we did just that. We had a good time. Uh, well, let's just back up. So they got off the ship. I went to the gym. I was like, I'll meet you guys. I'll find you somewhere. But then I realized that I wasn't sure if we'd still have Wi-Fi on on Labadee. I guess we did in some spots, but a lot of times it was spotty. So we, uh, I met them. I met them over by the beach. And at that point, you know, after the gym, after everything, I went down and I was drinking a coffee every day. That coffee in that freaking cafe, they have Starbucks. It was part of the drink package, which was amazing. I feel like when they have the standalone, it's always changing, right? What do you guys do? On Oasis and Independence, they have the standalone Starbucks, right? They have the uh, kiosk. And when you go to those, it's like they charge you. The drink package is no good. You got to pay for your coffee. But if they have to put the Starbucks in the promenade cafe, it's it's complimentary. It's with the drink package. So that was the weird part. I don't I don't know what the hell. It's almost like trying to keep up with what's charged, what's free, what's not, water, not water, what is big water, pay for, little water, not pay for. It's it's hard and I feel like they keep changing it, but no problem. I'm not arguing with the free coffee. It was very very potent. It definitely kicked you in the ass. Now, so I got a coffee, showered up, changed, met them out there, and then yes, I actually got dinner. Uh, sorry, lunch by myself. There was a little dance ceremony going on. I was like, listen, I'm just going to. The, I'm not even looking for anybody. I'm going to the grill. I'm going to eat something, and then I'll, I'll work, see if I can find everybody. And I did just that. Found Joe. Found Nicole. Found Chris. Found Paul. Um, found Mallory, and found Joe Glow. So we got two Joes. We got Joe D and Joe Glow. So we all ended up on the barge, having a good time, enjoying ourselves, relaxing, and uh, got a, got a nice little barge buzz out there. So mission accomplished. Everybody started going in. Of course, we were a couple of the last to stay out there. Uh, we definitely closed down the barge, and uh, I kind of wanted another Corona. Uh, there was one barkeep bar hand it was like a barback a barge barback if that makes any sense they got to canoe everything out there it's funny when they got a resupply on the barge bar they got to take a canoe out but this guy the bartender was long gone this guy was just breaking it down i wanted another corona i wasn't interested in leaving yet and of course nicole's sitting there you know nicole's a very pretty girl uh nicole i could use another corona i think you'd probably have a lot more luck getting the corona illegally from this guy than i would and uh sure enough she went hey could you give me another one he you could tell he didn't want to but then he saw you know nicole uh, you know what let me get this girl a beer gave her a beer much to his chagrin she handed it right over to me uh it wasn't that obvious you know what i mean he, he was you know she held it for a minute and i don't think he cared either way but uh so then we all were going back the first one to go back I, i'm sitting in the barge bar you know a little bench area and i hear a scream and a splash and Chris, a.k.a. C.J. Pepito, 
I keep throws it throws me off when people call him CJ because everybody knows him from the Facebook group and that's what he goes by. Falls off the barge bar or jumps in, dives in, whatever, and almost breaks his foot. Because I got to say this, and pro tip to everybody going to Labadee, I don't remember this. If you're going to go out to that barge bar, be prepared for like rocks. Now, I thought the last time I went out there, it was more like hard pebbles that was slightly discomforting, comfortable to walk on. It just wasn't a pleasant experience walking on them. This time, you're walking on a jetty. Like, it's an underwater jetty, big rocks, and, like, you have to be very, very careful. You slam your toe into the side of it, you know, especially if you're trying to carry stuff. The best thing to do is ideally just swim out there and stay as close to the surface as possible. But I had a bunch of stuff with me, so I'm walking. And, uh, yeah, it was tough. You stub your toe, you hurt just be careful. I mean, still go out there. It's totally worth being out there once you get out there, but it's quite an adventure. And on a day like today, uh, for the aforementioned wind, it was weird because it's the, the 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 barge was getting jerked in all sorts of different directions. Well, Tommy, that doesn't sound like such a pleasant experience out there. It kind of was though. You know what I mean? It was like it was like a little bit of a ride. You didn't know when the wind was gonna hit and the barge was gonna jerk when you sit and then getting up and down off that thing was rough. Chris didn't, now Chris didn't have that issue. Chris just decided he should jump in, but he landed on a rock on his foot and had a lot of trouble walking for the next several hours. Then I get off. Uh, shout out to Paul, big Paul Ewing. He's the man. Uh, he wasn't the man in this particular instance because um, I uh, got off the barge and I guess he lost his footing and fell and uh, thankfully didn't land flush on me. Paul's a, Paul's a sizable gentleman. Paul's a good 6'4", or 6'3", I would say, 240, 250. And uh, I just hear a giant splash, and I feel a giant man kind of land on my left shoulder. And uh, <laughs> I thought it was my fault because I thought I had cut to the right to go into shore, but then at the last minute realized I wanted to go. See, right next to the barge bar, they have like little barge high top tables that they have kind of like just sitting there and you can kind of just put your drink on a table while you're just standing in the water. I wanted to experience that for a little while. So I thought I had made a hard left and that was my fault. So I was going to take the blame, which maybe I still should, but it was Paul involuntarily, what I heard. It was it, Paul involuntarily falling off the barge uh, on on top of yours truly, and uh, you know it wasn't bad. It was a. It could have been worse. Maybe um, if it was a little bit more of a direct landing, it would have been worse. But it wasn't. He just landed side of me, left shoulder, a little bump. It was fun. More for the story. Kind of good time. Everybody got a good chuckle out of it. Mallory, shout out to Mallory, Mallory. Uh, she got a couple of good pictures, uh, sort of of the uh, incident but it was fine so then we went over to the little tables and we had a couple more drinks and uh everybody's wondering oh we're gonna miss this nobody's missing the ship in labadee okay everybody calm down besides that we got off the ship dry i'm sorry the barge dried off and there was a huge line there was a giant line nobody knew what the deal was but we did know there was a problem okay so the major problem ended up being that Unfortunately, and I, and I think this is confirmed, a, a, a somebody, a, a passenger passed away on the ship. 
Um, they began to get sick the night before, and they tried to revive the person, and ultimately uh, the person succumbed to whatever they were succumbed to. I believe I heard it was a heart attack. You know, they don't necessarily love to, uh, you know, advertise these things when they happen. But it was a very, very sad, unfortunate situation. Uh, again, I don't know much about it because they really didn't talk about it that much. And, um, you know, I didn't dive too far into it. And it just wasn't that thing where, you know, it was going around the ship. It's not like somebody jumped overboard. It was a meta, it was a medevac situation. But I heard that the person was already deceased and we had to wait to get on the ship because there was a helicopter that was, um, I guess, doing, you know, tra- that was preparing to transport the person off the um off the island very very sad awful situation but um yeah it really just it was kind of the last you heard of it was at that moment so then we were delayed i walked away from everybody at that point because i'm not standing i one thing i hate guys and it's the reason i hate tenders i don't know man i just don't like lines i was at the dmv today and uh it wasn't that bad actually you know they i got lucky today at the dmv Okay, they told me it was going to be two and a half hours. I got there at seven forty-five. They don't open till eight eight o'clock, but they opened at eight fifteen. So they opened at eight fifteen. I got my ticket at eight twenty-three. They told me, and it's written on the ticket that they said estimated two and a half hours. So I'm thinking, go home, catch a couple of hours. You know what I mean? Maybe go get some coffee, get breakfast, come back. I didn't do any of that. I just went to my truck, sat in my truck for about an hour. Would you believe I came back in and I sat for about 10 minutes? I got so lucky on that. I almost missed my turn. They told me two and a half hours. You're thinking if they're going to tell you two and a half hours, it's probably going to be longer than that because they're going to undershoot you because they're not going to want you to miss it or go too far. It was the opposite. So I did get lucky. Florida resident officially now, Florida driver's license. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but it is what it is. I did get the license just in the nick of time before I expire for the old uh, birthday. And I'm going to be turning for years old in a couple of days. I don't really celebrate that anymore, but it is what it is. So, all right. So that was pretty much a labadee. Um, we had scheduled, and I want to give a big shout out to, we talked about Beatrix, right? Killed it at the, the welcome dinner. Same thing with Kay. I got to talk about someone else who didn't go on this cruise, who was also a very big part of this cruise. Shout out to King Marty. He was around every step of the way. And it was really, really cool because you never know when you're posting stuff, if people want to deal with it or hear it or not. But um, Marty, every step of the way, was hooking us up because I had preliminarily made a little bit of a sheet of activities that we would do as a group if you wanted to, if you wanted to show up. Marty, for a few days, was actually listing those. He was extracting those and printing them out. He was, uh, you know, Debbie, shout out to Debbie Parker. She was up and at him very early. So we were very often, there was about three hours a day where where Debbie and us really kind of converged because of the fact that, you know, she was up early and she was to bed early. And that was the beauty of it. She seemed to have the time of her life. I had the time of my life. I know that. And it was the tale of two different cruises. Same group. Still totally possible to kind of engage or disengage whenever you want. But there was a point where Debbie was in the group saying, I want towels. I I forgot to bring my towel. Marty put up from land in Jersey. Marty's putting out an APB for everybody to bring Debbie a towel. 
it was such a beautiful thing to watch. It was really, really nice. So, all right, that was Labadee. Then we, I, I, set, I put together a sunset party with the sounds of Billy Joel, Phil Collins, and Bob Seger. <laughs> Little random thing. That was actually on Nicole. Nicole said we should do some sort of group activities. How about a sunset uh, party with Phil Collins? And then, yeah, oh, Phil Collins is great, but maybe just all Phil Collins. That might get a little redundant. So we incorporated a couple other 80s artists with it as well. We all got dressed up, and we went to Promenade Deck 4 and watch the sun go down but then we're standing on deck four and then scott and cara so generously and graciously invited us all to their room their stateroom they had an aft facing balcony it was a large suite with a very large balcony and we had a really nice time out there we enjoyed ourselves uh, we did a lot. We talked about what we liked about the cruise, what we didn't like so far. We did a live. We talked about how upset we were that Doug Parker wasn't going to be on the sailing uh, or at least kind of be out there or whatever. Even, uh, you know, we mentioned Colin, too, because they were talking about possibly being able to make it out, um, surprising us, hopefully, on the cruise. They talked about maybe trying to be on the sailing. Then they realized they couldn't be on the sailing because of certain commitments, but then it became clear that neither one of them were going to be on this journey with us. So Debbie made a little video just for Doug. Doug, will you come on the cruise? Will you will you please join us somewhere? Do so. We, we miss you. We wish you were here. And then we got into that a little bit. So that was that. So we, we, we enjoyed that. And we had a really nice experience on their balcony and watching the sun go down. And then that was the night. That was probably the craziest nightclub night. That was wild. We went out late night we went to dinner and then we're still going i don't still guys this is day four of drinking i don't know how i'm still going i don't understand why we're still like at the level and that was the beauty of it it was almost like divine intervention because there was no trace not even a little trace of even nausea now will i say i wasn't hung over now, I pretty much wasn't hungover because I was pretty much still in, intoxicated when I woke up. So I kind of in, avoided the hangovers too, I think. But yes, there was times when it was a little bit tough to get up and get going. But I would get right on that treadmill, sweat it all out, have some water, bang down some coffee. And then within a couple of hours, you know, maybe a light breakfast, then I'd be ready to go. So that day we left the sunset party, went to dinner, ate a little bit, and then we did our usual routine. We went to the Duck and Dog Pub, the English pub, and then we went to the nightclub. And the nightclub, were, were the kids would call it that night, they would call it lit, okay? Because everybody was on. Everybody was enjoying themselves. At one point, we took over the dance floor. We had all of us always be both group cruisers out on the dance floor, and we pretty much everybody was like, you know, all right, make room for these people. Paul Ewing was out there. Matt was out there. And then out of nowhere, Mallory hits the scene. Mallory, that was your night. That was Mallory's night where she kind of got after it a little bit. All over the dance floor. Mallory's got some moves to the point where I got, we got all amped up. We were having such a good time. I don't, and then, um, yeah, so this is the eve of Labadee. And I got to give credit to Jonathan. This is where Jonathan shined. Chris was doing his thing. We were all having a good time. But then... We 
sort of threatened the DJ, not really, but we said, can you play Bad Bunny? And we were heading into Labadee, and I think Jonathan got that extra kick. Jonathan is a native of Puerto Rico, and he still has huge ties to Puerto Rico, family, friends, what have you. And I guess maybe it sort of kicked in that we were approaching Puerto Rico, and this is his time, so he kind of started rapping, and everybody was kind of circling around Jonathan, and that was his night at that club. But then we all got amped up, all on the dance floor, to the point where I slid on the floor, started doing floor work, and what did I do? You know what I'm saying? There's a there's a bunch of people around, the music's going, the lights are happening, everybody's enjoying themselves, dances, people are doing little dances. What did I do? I slide onto the floor in my white pants, get on the floor, and that's right. I start doing leg lifts, the jazzercise. What's that lady? What's the lady from the from the um oh what what's her what's her name? The one with the exercise videos in the eighties. Uh forgot. I forgot her name. But I started doing leg lifts, jazzercise style leg lifts on the dance floor. Matt got a little boomerang of it. He got a picture of it. You guys will see the picture if you haven't already. Uh but yeah, white pants, leg lifts. Nailed it. And then the nightclub ended, we stayed, we closed the nightclub, they had the lights on, everything was over, but we were still sitting there, met a few people, there was a whole big, um, a big group of Chiefs fans on board, you know, we met a few people, maybe ended up in some rooms, ended up in other rooms, some people ended up in other rooms, different rooms, let's just not, let's just breeze through that a little bit, we don't need to go into that, but all I could say is I remember being kind of smashed, and at about... I don't know, 5.30 in the morning, walking through deck seven, trying to get back to my room on deck six. And I walked past, and it was just a surreal moment where I looked on one of the cabins. I still don't know who it was. I'm suspecting maybe it was Debbie, but there was an always-be-booked decal, maybe about a foot in circumference on the door. And I'm walking on a cruise ship, and it was just a surreal moment for me. I'm like, how did... Excuse me. Like, how do we get here? How do we, how do we get here? We started three years ago, just talking into a microphone about cruises, uh, you know. And then now we're on a group cruise with twenty listeners, walking around the ship, drunk at six in the morning, and I'm looking and I see a freaking my logo, our logo, slapped on the side of a cabin door. That was um even in my uh, inebriation that was kind of a moment where I, I stopped and took that in for a second so whoever that was i think maybe it was debbie who had the decal on the door it was probably only one person if you know who you are uh let me know but uh i think it was debbie i'm not 100 percent sure but that was a cool little moment ended up back so now all right where are we now we're we're pulling into san juan and i tell everybody and i'll tell you guys if you go to san juan do not miss the sailing because it's the nicest sailing, maybe this side of Cuba. I've sailed into Cuba. Cuba's a beautiful sailing. It's an elongated sailing. San Juan's a little quicker. You see the fort from a good distance away in the Caribbean Sea. But it's um, once you get there, it's once you hit it, it's kind of like it goes fast. With Cuba, you... Um, you get a good amount of time. But aside from Cuba, San Juan is the nicest sailing. It's just got that really just, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're far from home. Anybody, Minnesota, Milwaukee, uh, Denver, Texas, New York City, Florida, you're not in any of these places anymore. 
you're in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And I think that is, if I'm not mistaken, with my history, I think it is the second oldest city in all of the Americas, second only to um, Santo Domingo in uh, Dominican Republic, if I if I did that right. So we get to San Juan. I'm on the, I'm on the treadmill. I only do a mile because I want to get off the treadmill and get to the sailing, sail, sail away, sailing. So I do that, take a shower, and um, we separate again. We separate every every morning pretty much because I'm always just going to the gym and then showering at my own pace. And uh, I know everybody's around. We're going to San Juan, so it's not going to be hard to find anybody, so we're not worried about it. Then we go up to the top and we see the sail in. And yes, okay, so we did reconnect with Nicole and and, um, and Chris and Jonathan at that point. There's a rumor going out. Somebody mentions that somebody said something about Colin from Always Be Booked, a regular listener, huge contributor, and a, and a, and a just a basic super cone, huge member of the family. Um, somebody said something about he went live and they think they saw our ship. Or they saw a post, and they think they saw our ship. So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe Colin's playing around, or maybe whatever. Then I hear, no, no, Colin's here. Colin is in San Juan, and he's taking a picture of our ship, basically taking a picture of us while we're on the top deck. I'm like, and then I go to the room, and I take my shower. I look at Facebook. I see it's confirmed. This freaking madman flew from Orlando and met us in San Juan. And I'm like, oh, now that's humbling right there. That is humbling right there that this guy decided to do that. I mean, he is a, I shouldn't be surprised because he's a madman, but even for him, I'm like, that's amazing. I wonder if he's going to meet us in St. Thomas. It's awesome. Either way, we find out he's in Senior Frogs. I end up getting off the ship and I make the meeting, make the connection. I'm like, there he is, that big nut job. You know, Colin's built like a gorilla, too. He's just a big dude. He's a, you're not going to, he wears loud clothing and he, he wears uh, 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 beads and a hat. So you're not going to miss the guy. And he's usually got a, um, a thermos wrapped around his neck, filled with any type of liquor that happens to be flowing at that particular point. Meet him, give him a hug. We see each other. I'm like, this sucks because I was like, you know, I was still feeling good, but I was like, man, I really shouldn't be drinking. I I wanted to take today off because tomorrow, the following day, tomorrow at that point, is St. Thomas Day. And I don't want to play around with St. Thomas Day. But now you got Colin here. I am not going in any way, shape, or form to miss a day of drinking for a guy who freaking flew from Orlando to Puerto Rico just to freaking be a part of a small piece of the group cruise. So now we got to go in a little bit. So he uh, gives me a pound, then he goes to the bathroom. So I'm standing at the bar, still in disbelief. I can't believe it. And then uh, while I'm at the bar, I feel a tap on my shoulder. I look over my left shoulder, see a guy. Hey, what's up, man? It's freaking the mighty Doug Parker. It's the godfather of cruise radio. Doug Parker. But he did it in such a way where I was like, he wasn't like, hey, guess who's here too? He just, wait, what's up, man? Yeah, like like literally like I bumped into him normal. Oh, hey, what's up? Like like we live in the same city. We see each other four times a week and we travel in the same path and we just happen to bump into each other again for the fifth time that week. That's That was the, that was the, the way he did it. And I'm like, are 
you kidding me? Now, most of the fan, most of the people in my group are fans of Doug Parker as well. So that brought everything to a whole other level. These guys formulated a plan to do this together. Now we're all in senior frogs. I'm in shock, but I'm also reevaluating. So I don't know if I was acting the proper way. I don't know if I was like showing the right around the right amount of amount of emotion. I was just still overwhelmed, confused, but also reevaluating because now I'm like, okay, so I now have to go into, I have to go from non-drinking mode to now drinking mode. And that was what we did. But the plan was not to stay at senior frogs the whole time. The plan was to go to Barachinas. And that's what we did. So we marched over to Barachinas. We didn't have everybody there. We probably had like 14 of us there or 13 of us. Who knows? This is where it got a little dicey. So for the first time during the cruise, it got a little, what would you say? Like a little kind of um, the, the natives were getting restless. And for good reason. Because we are on our fifth day here. Right? One, two, three. Yeah, fifth day. We've been drinking obscene amounts of liquor. It's now... 95 freaking degrees during that time of day or whatever it was i'm estimating but we're outside in an outside inside bar this is supposed to be the birthplace of the margarita um i'm sorry the pina colada but it was different it had a different feel than the last time there was a big group of us because there was so there was no area where we could all sit together so a couple of people were at the bar a couple of people grabbed the table a couple of people were standing in the middle of the hot sun just you know discomfort uh so after about and the other thing was is that there was only one bartender he wasn't friendly last time we went there there was multiple bartenders they were all smiling the blender was going every time you ordered a drink that's when they made your drink and you sat at the bar or whatever at this particular time you could only order a drink from one roped off line area almost concession stand style from a guy who really wasn't happy to be there and he took about 20 orders and then would make 20 pina coladas at the same time from a frozen drink machine last time it was fresh freaking coconuts it was a lot different this time so people were getting restless people were hungry people were hot and then i started encouraging people to just do you know what go do what you want to do um Whatever you wanted to do in Old San Juan, maybe walk around a little bit. I will take this one on the chin. Maybe we didn't pick the best spot. And everybody was cool. There was no problems. People were like, all right, I'll go here. I'll stay. I'll go. I'll come back. We'll do this. We'll do that. Ended up being about nine of us. And we actually got a chance to sit down and have a proper dinner. We had the mafango. We enjoyed ourselves. After that, we were kind of beat up a little bit. We walked around. Colin's just getting going now, so he's starting to drink. I realized, you know what? There's just no way around it. I better just join the shot party. So we go into this place called, um, I think it was Gringos, right? Gringos. Yeah, that was the name of the place. Um, it was weird. spelt weird, though. I think it's it spelt G-R-E, like the color, and then goes. Green goes. And uh, so we drank a little bit there. So then I started feeling a little bit better. Okay, of course, you know what I mean. A little bit of booze is gonna is gonna is gonna do you right. So then we start walking around. It was we got separated from Jonathan and Nicole and Chris. Now I'm getting text messages that Jonathan's family is at. I can't say this place right. I call it races because that's what it's you know to us gringos. That's what it looks like. It's spelled like, um, but it's Rassiz. Rassiz is the place that they're at. So we trudge all the way back that way. Walking, we walked around in a full semicircle, no problem, no big deal. 
So we go there and we see Jonathan's family. He's got his mom there. He's got cousins there. He's got there's a little kid there. There's a lot of things going on, and 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 we were kind of a little bit half maybe buzzed, but also kind of sunbaked and like really not in the best mood. I'm not gonna lie, we were not in the best mood, and probably what the plan was was at that point to maybe say hi to them, maybe have one more drink, end up back on the ship, no harm, no foul. That's probably where it was going to go. But Jonathan's family had this charisma about them, and they were so determined. They were like, they were very nice. The English wasn't the best, and it didn't matter. They were just such nice people, so accommodating. They were like, all right, you guys ready? Let's go. And all of a sudden, we couldn't help it. We were following that. Now, my buddy, shout out to Joe, Joe's from West Palm with me, and uh, I was really happy he was able to come on this cruise because, you know, Joe and me have been friends for literally, you know, 20 years. So it was really cool to have somebody that that I go that far back with on this on this cruise with me. But Joe, you know, Joe's, Joe, Joe's a night guy. You know what I mean? Joe's not Joe, – Joe will tell you. Joe's strong suit isn't necessarily running around in the hot sun of san juan you know what i mean he usually kind of he's a night guy he works nights he wakes up late he stays up late and this was a little bit out of his element so i'm watching him and i'm (laughs) a little bit worried about him like you know hang in there joe we'll see where this goes so these girls start running us through the streets of san juan yes all the way to the other side to where we had already just been but they were so nice, so accommodating, and taking pictures all the way. They literally took it upon themselves and took the responsibility of being our tour guides. And we just marched. We all marched. We had no idea where we were going. Me, John, me, um, Doug, and I think Joe were kind of bringing up the rear, like, sort of like, I don't want to say getting like a little antsy. But yeah, we were definitely hot. We know we had just walked a ton. We know we were just already here. And we knew we were probably planning on just getting back on the ship. But now we're in the middle of this native local tour. So they would stop us. All right, everybody stop right here. And then they would take a big picture of everyone. Now let's go again. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. We're walking. And it's uphill. We're walking uphill. There's mountains. You know, if you've ever walked through old San Juan, you're walking into town. You're going up hills. So we walked all the way back across, taking pictures along the way. I'm semi, like, tired, semi uh curious as to where we're going and semi-entertained so now we go back all the way to the other seawall past san cristobal the fort and then they said the girls were very very instructive with us they were like okay now you stand here you take a picture take a picture now everybody yell and scream and take another picture now do this now go here now you stand there so they're directing us like it's a photo shoot but it's cool because you know they, they, it was cool to see how much effort and pride that they were taking in making sure that we had a cool San Juan experience. And then when they took the last picture, this was the coolest part. They're like, they almost congratulated us. Like, yeah, I know we just put you through hell, <laughs> but congratulations. You did a good job. You guys were all very good. Now we will reward you with drinks. And they took us into this freaking three-level bar. Look like a local's joint right over, and I forgot the name of the neighborhood, but it's like, you know, if, it's like right over the fort. Like, you see, you, you look down the fort, and to your left will be, um, if you look to your right, 
you'll see Fort San Cristobal. If you uh, look to your left, it's um, El Moro. And uh, if you look straight, you're looking straight over the over the ocean. But if you go down off that little mountain, there's a, a serious ghetto, like a serious you know drug capital. I've seen footage of this place on like crime shows. You know what I mean? The U.S. and San Juan joint efforts do drug busts in this area. Like you don't want to go down there. What's it called? I forgot what it's called. Is it La Pela? Did I make that up? Probably made that up. But uh, but as long as you don't go down there, you're fine. You could look at it. You could see it. You see the roofs right in front of you. But as long as you don't go down there, you're fine. Uh, but right across from that is this three-level bar that overlooks basically the whole island. And they take us all the way upstairs. And they were so inviting, so accommodating. They knew the bartender. The bartender was a beast because she was literally working all three floors working the bar and the tables for all three floors and we just started drinking never once did they complain never once did they feel overwhelmed it was total 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 hospita- hospitality and a, just a good overall feeling and then it's like okay yes i do know st thomas is tomorrow and yes i do know we have to start early but we still got to do san juan you know what i'm saying we got to finish strong in san juan so we tried to do just that and we were doing just that and uh the sun started to go down and that's when i felt like you know what man this is even better than yesterday which is even better than the day before which is even better i may not even leave i only not because doug so the plan was for doug and colin to stay in san juan and then to catch a flight to St. Thomas the next day. So they were going to join us on the mountaintop tour of St. Thomas the following day. I mean, you want to talk about everything falling into place? That's exactly what did happen. All right, so while we were up there, it was an amazing time. We uh, really, really started to get after it. I mean, Colin started leading the charge, started you know purchasing shots, and it, it, was, all, it was all just getting crazy. And there was a group of girls on that roof as well, and they... They were playing like all sorts of reggaeton songs up there. They had a little portable speaker that they were using because I don't think the bar had a sound system. But these girls were having the time of their lives. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is cool. The sun's going down. It's about, you know, who knows what time it is, but it's dark out. So it's like this is like it started to have the real. I I feel like the, the later you stay, perception or not, it starts to feel like a real locals experience and with looking at these girls and they're having a great time they're singing every single line of every freaking word in spanish uh so we're thinking this is just a local place with a local feel it felt like it was awesome and i was like in my mind i'm like you know what i don't fly but i almost want to go with doug and and and, and colin and fly the next day and meet it because i don't want to get up from this spot that i'm in it's crazy. Shout out to Joe. Joe was falling asleep. No offense, Joe. You know what I mean, Joe? If you're listening, don't get mad. I Fast forward 24 hours, I was asleep on the Lido deck, so it happened to me too. But Joe started passing out, like I told you before. Joe's not used to this stuff as much. So Joe starts kind of dozing off a little bit in the midst of all this mayhem. And then Joe goes downstairs. So I assume Joe was going back to the ship. Joe wasn't going back to the ship. We, sh- we saw Joe in another hour. Um... And then the place started to clear out, including the girls that I think I thought they were locals, but they all ran out at once, wondering where they're going. They're like, oh, we got to catch the ship. <laughs> they 
think they were on the Norwegian Epic. Oh, no, the Norwegian uh, Encore. Norwegian Encore, what an impressive cruise ship. We shared the port. We saw that when we were in port with San Juan. What a beautiful-looking cruise ship that is. But, yeah, I guess these, these weren't, it wasn't as local of an experience as I thought it was. I think these girls ran to catch their ship, which wasn't our ship. But either way, uh, we get downstairs. I thought Joe had gone back to the ship. Joe was sitting downstairs arguing baseball with a local, which was hysterical and entertaining and awesome. It was at that point I realized how um, <clears throat> how drunk Colin was. At that point, Colin was um, pretty smashed up. He was kind of uh, colliding with some buildings, and I was f- quite frankly worried about the buildings. <laughs> and I was actually kind of worried about Doug as well, because I was like, Doug, you got you're gonna have your hands full tonight with that uh, behemoth. But uh, Doug didn't seem to be worried about it either. Doug did not go after it to the level that Colin did, but Doug was just at the level that he needed to be to be able to handle uh, uh, the, uh, the likes of Colin being at the level Colin was at. So everything worked out. Now it's time to head back to the ship, but not before we get ourselves one of what you've heard about us talk about so much, the famed tripleta sandwich. And this is an amazing piece of sandwichery, ladies and gentlemen, an amazing piece of sandwichery. And I suggest you all take part in the tripleta when you get a chance. So we start the march back. Now it's a little bit easier because it's downhill. But in our mind, our, our clock is not probably, our mental clock is probably not ticking as fast as it should. We make it all the way back down. We find where the tripleta truck is. We find that it's closed this is terrible news. We got about eight or nine of us that want to have this tripleta. So these guys, being hustlers, being the entrepreneurs that they are, they're saying, okay, well, we're closed. Forget that. We're reopening because these guys. So they started grabbing tripleta meat from their van that they had it packed in, taking it off the ice, t- turning the lights on, restarting generators. And now, within five minutes, there's a tripleta factory happening again. You'll see this in the montage. You'll see it. You know, in in other pictures and videos throughout, maybe the director's cut as well. Uh, Chris, shout out to Chris, re- uh, recorded with the owner of the Tripleta Company, recorded an episode of Food Truck, uh, ABB Telemundo for the uh, Latin speaking audience, and uh, that will be aired very soon too. But it went so far as to the point where they ran out of lettuce and they sent somebody out for a produce run. So now this was as 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 appreciated as this was. Now it was getting a little bit real as far as timing goes. We were like, uh-oh. It's getting a little close. What time is it? It's kind of getting there. Should we be worried about missing the ship? Really, we weren't worried about missing the ship. So we got the tripleta. That stopped us dead in our tracks. I talked and talked and talked about the tripleta every single time. This sandwich, it consists of um, cheesesteak meat, ham, and pulled pork, all on the same sandwich. And then it had lettuce, and it had a triple, three dressings. I think it's mayo, ketchup, and something else. I forgot what else. And also, little pieces of... Potato sticks, almost like those potato sticks you, you eat, like the bag, like it's almost like a chip, wrapped up onto a dis- delicious hoagie roll. And whatever I thought I liked about the tripleta, 
man, was this freaking better than I thought, better than I remembered. I only ate half because, you know, we're still trying to keep the wheels on in terms of the diet. And it was enough. This is a hearty, big ass freaking sandwich. So we did that. And now when you eat that, though, that changes things up a little bit. Now we're walking back to the cruise ship. Okay. Making our way back to the cruise ship. Relaxed. Content. A little less drunk now that we had that tripleta. And we decide we think we have plenty of time, so we stop at Tijuana's. Tijuana's is a bar right off the right off basically the um, the the pier. We waited, had another shot, went to the bathroom, slowly and deliberately walked back to the ship. We get to the front, the very mouth of the pier, and the officers ask to see our cruise cards. We show them our cruise cards. They look us dead in the eye and they say. Are you guys realizing that you guys are the very last ones on the ship? And I looked at the time. I'm like, what time are we supposed to be back? 9.30. Okay, well, it's 9.40, 9.45, whatever it was. Now, there's no danger of missing this ship. But at the same time, technically, we are the last ones on the ship. And we're 10 minutes late to get back on. What does that mean? Everybody's waiting for us. Because if we do get back early... Sometimes they'll leave early, but we are the very last ones. So it's me, Jonathan. At this point, everybody walked ahead. The only ones that stopped for the shop were me, Jonathan, Paul, and Nicole. So it's a foursome now. And with a four, now I look at my my cell phone and I see Joe texting. Joe got back, you know, a few minutes earlier. He didn't stop for the shot. He's like nine one one, nine one one. You got to get back. They're gonna leave. The ship's gonna leave. So he's freaking out. At this point. I had found out that they had announced our names on the loudspeaker. They stopped the music. They did that thing where they stopped the music, announced your name. They held Joe and Chris down. They wouldn't let them leave the gangway area in case they had to run out and find us. So they wouldn't let them go upstairs until we were recovered and back on the ship. None of us knew any of this. We didn't think we were that late. But here we are exactly that late. So we get past the officers, and now we have a whole pier in front of us to get back to the actual gangway. And I had I, I, a chill ran through me. I looked at Nicole. I looked at Paul. I, I looked at Jonathan. I said, hey, man, you ready to stretch those legs? You want to stretch your legs out a little bit? You want to run this pier? Jonathan looked back at me. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Paul goes, I'm in. Nicole had no choice. <laughs> I go, let's run this. And I said, let's run this Emma Effer. Broke into a light jog. The crowd started going nuts. Now, remember, we were between the encore and the adventure. So the minute we start running, we hear, in my mind, what I feel like is like running out of the tunnel at a college football game. The roar of the crowd started going nuts. People screaming. And this was a good, I'll say, 50-yard run. So I got electrified. I start jumping up and down, running, doing twists, screaming at Jonathan, run this mother effer. Are you ready? And he's looking at me like I'm out of my mind, and he's rightfully so. And Nicole's bringing up the rear. I look, Paul, Paul's six foot, you know, five, running with us. I don't know how Paul, I'm sorry. I don't know how tall you actually are, but Paul's a big guy, running with us. 
and the crowd was going nuts. We heard our crew, Nicole, I'm sorry, Nicole did. Nicole heard our crew screaming from the Lido deck, Nicole, Tommy, run, run. And there was no danger, no no danger at all. But it was just a little bit of a, the drama of the pier run. And we made it onto the ship. And we high-fived each other. We see Joe and Chris still standing there with this look of horror on their face because they thought we were going to get left. And I was like, man, that was like, oh. Listen, I'm an ex, I'm an ex-high school athlete, football, you know, running out onto that field with the crowd. You don't... <laughs> You don't get that anymore. You just don't get it anymore. And when the few chances you do get to have it, you got to take it. And I took it, man. And to have all the freaking whatever it is, thousands of people to our left, a couple of thousand people to our right, all just cheering for the... Was again, we were 10 minutes late. No big deal. We just happened to be the last ones on. And you know, when people run the pier, they're looking for excuses to cheer on pier runners anyway. I mean, half the people probably are cursing us at the same time. But... That is what it is. We did the things. Ladies and gentlemen, we did the things. And that's where we're going to leave it for the first half of this episode. This recap episode, it's going to be a part one and a part two. We got you through San Juan. The next episode, we're going to break down, starting with the epic mountaintop bar crawl on St. Thomas. There's a place... Where the boat leaves from, it takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Sandwich cool, put me down, and when I fall on my stool, put me down. I'll just leave there till morning comes round. With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas, and Bob Marley songs that I'm playing. There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear. Soft tropical lips that are singing. Get away. To where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. So get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the so get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, 
but you gotta get away to where the boogie's from Put me down.